you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? We've got a bunch of fighters here that just, we, we've been underdogs the entire time. No one's ever wanted to, no one ever thought that we were going to win, so. Uh. Hey! Fancy punchy show. This is new. Yeah! Let's go! Hand that three, hand that three! One, two, three! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the New Egypt Warrior Boys Soccer Podcast. Hey everyone listening, I just wanted to um, preface this episode, it's a little different than the ones we've done in the past, you know, we've been interviewing a lot of former players, and uh, Coach Marquez is a former player, but also a coach, so a lot of this is going to be from the player's perspective, which I think is really important for for players to hear, um, you know, I think 90% of the problems that are occurred in anything, you know, whether it's soccer, or whether it's, um, you know, uh, business, whatever it is, come from a lack of communication, lack of understanding. So I think it's really important. Although, you know, some of the things might be some more of the technical points and some of the issues. It's a lot of us kind of going back and forth talking about um, our experiences coaching together. Uh, I think it's really important to hear these things and see what it's like from the other side. So I hope you enjoy. Okay. All right. Welcome back to the Warrior Soccer Pod. Uh, this week we have uh, Gay Marquez, who graduated in 2000. Four, I think he said, uh, and then was my assistant coach for my first two years of coaching here at New Egypt High School. So, uh, well, thanks for coming on, Gabe. No problem. Uh, it's a, an honor to kind of be back part of the crew. Um, you know, New Egypt High School is a special place because, you know, help building the legacy that, um, you know, lasts in a lot of different facets. And then to be a part of the program that sort of changed the way or influenced the kind of person that I am and, and changed the way that I outlook. And even now, coach and teach in school so it's highly influential in my time at new egypt yeah and uh you you i, I cut you off before we started recording because we were talking about it a little bit there but um you know i think for me it was always interesting to hear stories about your playing days um because it was kind of bridged the gap for me whereas you know i was i graduated in, in 09 um and then i was gone for the four years where you know we we uh, had a lot of success and i came back and coached for the last uh, next year with my eighth year so you kind of bridged the gap before I got in there, and that bridges the entire gap of the history of the program, really, because um, you were there in the start. So you want to talk a little bit about that before we get into the question I was going to ask? Uh, yeah, so um, my my coach was Lou Raba, Peter James, and Sam Palumbo, and Lou Raba was a new teacher when I was in seventh grade, and so I just made a really strong connection with him, um, and I didn't start playing uh school soccer until like I tried eighth grade and I wasn't very good and he said hey come out for the summer stuff you know we want to have players that um, we want to start building this high school because it was a brand new high school at the time and um, I was just part of the second graduating class so the players that they had before um, they just played with themselves and that's what it was and what was great about my time was no one the people ahead of me was just one grade so in some ways they were our leaders, but we didn't really have leaders. So we were really trying to build something um, as a whole team and as a whole program. And I want to say it was my sophomore year. Um, the whole school went varsity. And um, I think, I feel like I should know this. I think I was captain then, which was bizarre because I was not a player that was like particularly skilled. Um, and I didn't think I was a very good player. That wasn't really the things that I brought to the team. Um, but we, we all worked towards growing it and trying to be something that would be long lasting. And so me graduating in 04, and then you said you graduated in 09. Yes. So there was like a year gap and then you started and then I got back into New Egypt in 2011. So there really were like maybe a year or two gap, but for the most part, we sort of filled in the gap, like between the two of us, to see how the program has grown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and like it definitely, you know, now having a, you know, this being, I think, our eighth or ninth episode in, um, you know, even talking to LePay, you know, kind of bridge even more gaps. 
Um, so it is interesting. Um, and, and one of the things we do at the end of the season, the wake up the echoes um, thing we do is before playoffs, we, we talk about um, quotes from former players. You know, we got guys from, you know, uh, from your graduating class or even the first graduating class. And, and it, you know, we talk about how that, that team room hasn't changed. That team room in the 20 years of the high school hasn't changed. It's been the same benches, the same player, you know, the same uniforms for some of these guys. Um, and there's and it's a lot of the same experiences. So, um, the first question I got for you, you know, one one point five, I guess. But what was the culture like during your play days? And you talk some some of the guys that you played with. Um, you know, bring up some of those names from the past. So uh, the culture was very unique because a lot of us have been playing together through either rec soccer, um, but we also went like we're in the same classes, which is kind of weird. Um, and we just would. You know, we would ha- we were friends that also played soccer, and so I think that relationship really strengthened the trust um, that happened in between the lines. And when we would have like double sessions, and we'd go in the morning, and then we'd have a break, we'd all go to this one guy's house, and we'd play Super Smash Brothers, and his mom would make us lunch, which is like TV and J's, and we would just like play video games together, and then we'd go back to practice. And so it was Not very much... Let's clarify, just to age ourselves a little bit, which system was Super Smash Brothers on? Um, I think 64, but I kind of can't remember. I, 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 I wasn't allowed to play that much before I was bad. I was Super Smash Brothers in it, so... <laughs> yeah, no, I Super Smash Brothers was awesome, but I was awful. And I was not one to, like, make myself known, so I didn't, like try and get the game controller but it for me it was cool to be a part of a group of friends because i didn't really have a lot of friends like growing up and so like it was a cool thing to be a part of something that i was welcomed into and it just felt it, it was awesome um and so like i i you mentioned LePay, like adam LePay was one of my teammates younger brothers so like i remember adam when he was like younger so i i played with his brother dave LePay. Um, our goalie, JB, Jason Britton, um, he was just like this this rock in defense because he was a phenom. Like, he would come out and he would blast through you whether you're on the team or not. Like, I think a lot of our players, they played their position with heart, and a lot of that came from, like, the way that we approached the game um, because of our coaches and the, and the, the mentality of thought going forward. Um, but for me, as someone who didn't do travel, who didn't, um, you know, he just played rec soccer. Like that was as good as I got. I got a lot of um, learning experiences through our coaches and through the other teams that we played. To the point where I looked up to everyone on the team um, as the years went on, because I was like, I want to be like you. And um, you know, things changed, and I got to see some of who the guys were. And I realized, like, oh, I am better than you. And it started getting like a confidence booster, and that's what sort of perpetuated me getting more playing time, me getting confident in my touch and, and my skills actually rose because my confidence did. Yeah. And that kind of leads into my next question. You know, I don't think either of us, uh, you know, the D one coaches weren't calling either one of us. Uh, I don't think we were the no. greatest players no. of all time, but I think both of us, you know, in a similar vein were, were guys that were ready to leave it on the pitch. And I don't think anyone, either of us have any regrets about that, but, um, not the most skillful, didn't go to college for it. Both of us became teachers because of it. Um, and, and, you know, and we've talked a lot about kids that have gone to college to play ball, and that's exciting. We talked to guys that you know went to go play pros, and that's exciting. But the overwhelming majority of the guys here um, that are going to come through New Egypt High School, um, we would love everyone to go pro, but it's just not going to happen. They're going to go pro in something else. And the, you know, um, So it's, I think it's really important to have a mix of guys that you know do make that next level and the guys that, you know, go off and do something great in something else. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, you kind of got into it, but what was your role on the team um, freshman year on? And like, how did it evolve during those four years? Um, and then, you know, kind of a separate question, but just to put it out there, what was the best piece of advice? You, you always talk about looking up to guys like Dave LePay and things like that. What was the best piece of advice you got from some of those guys? Um, so let's talk about like, the roles because I think they evolved and then my understanding of those roles evolved. So freshman year, I was a liability. Um, <laughs> I was not very strong. I wasn't very quick and I wasn't very knowledgeable of the game. I think my like, strongest skill set was like, I just tried really hard. 
And it was that summer into sophomore year that I rode my bike to summer sessions every day. And I was just like, hey, it takes me about like 11, 12 minutes to bike this mile and a half. I wonder if I could do it in like 1130. And then I did. And then I was like, all right, well, let me try doing it in 11.15. And I didn't realize this whole time I was strengthening my legs and helping myself get faster. But, like, going to those summer sessions and making that commitment, um, I became, like, a heck of a lot better player um, because I had strength and I had skills that were equal to those that I was playing around. And so that sophomore year, I was told, much later by my coaches that I was awarded the captain, not because I was the most skilled, but because I had the most heart and I didn't give up. And that was something that some of those leaders or, or uh, the team needed in a leader. And so that's when I started realizing that certain roles that you have and certain qualities about you, it's not always about being the best player, but it's about being the best at what you do. And so when I migrated into junior year, um, I think junior year I had surgery um, on my jaw, so I couldn't like do preseason. So that was sort of like a setback. But my senior year um, was really when I came into my own as the center midfielder. And it was told to me that the center midfielder is the one that makes things happen. And they're the one that dictates the play and the flow of the game with the style that we were. And, you know, one of the things that I did really well was I could trap the ball and I can get the ball to where it needed to go. Um, and I was quick and I didn't get tired. And so my role was the center mid to keep the flow of the game moving. But also I was our team's utility player because I was sort of the jack of all trades, master of none. I was pretty good soccer player, but I never was the best. But I was good enough to never get subbed off the field. And that took a long time for me to understand that role. Um, the only roles I didn't do was striker. I never scored, I mean, I scored a couple of goals, but they were like flukes, and I never was goalie. But every other position I played, because I was good enough, but I never was the best. And I realized, like, in that capacity, in that role, I was helping our team, even though I wasn't the lead scorer, even though I wasn't, you know, making this many saves. I was still contributing to the overall success of the team. Um, I would say that the best, you said the best advice I got as yeah. a player? Um, I, that's like a tough one because I think... I know we I, talked about last night. You, you can pick more than one. <laughs> no, um, I, I, I distinctly remember getting yelled at by my coach because every time I kicked the ball and I messed up, I would say, oh my gosh. And I would just be like, oh my God, and he was like, just, just stop, just stop, just do it the way you know how to do it. Like stop overanalyzing. I think that's probably just because of who I am. I'm an overanalyzer. I think one of the best advice that I got from a coach in all the sports was just stop overanalyzing. You're at the point where you can feel the energy of the game and feel the flow. Stop trying to like calculate every position and calculate every move. Like just do it. Just trust yourself. Um, the other advice that I got that I didn't take, and I definitely saw the, um, the benefits or lack thereof, would be to work in the off-season on getting stronger, not because you need to be, like, this built soccer player. Not many soccer players are, like, bodybuilders, but you're building your strength in, in the stamina of your muscles. Um, and you're building a strength where if some guy comes around and, like, elbows you hard, like, you can take it. Not that that's the right thing to do, but it's not going to knock you out and mentally cripple you in the rest of the game. Because um, that's happened in a couple of times where I got rocked a little too hard that anyone came near me, I, like, would, like, quiver, and it would, like, cost. And it was just more of a mental thing to overcome. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's been... a ton of advice that I've gotten that didn't really hit home until like much later but I I think the overall thing that I would have learned and I wish I, I learned earlier was like just have confidence in your abilities because it's that mental toughness that actually affects your physical ability mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and, and uh, you know, listening to you talk, I mean, I can I can close my eyes and I can hear these stories a million times because I've I've heard them a million times. You know, coach, you know, the uh, the phone calls after eight the eights and things like that. <laughs> um, the thing that sticks out, you know, like I, I brought up, you know, I'm not bringing myself up to bring myself up and talk about me, but um, why I'm saying that connection, I think, with the way things are today, with like the level of specialization within the sport, you know, especially things like soccer and um, soccer and basketball uh, specifically. You know, it's great. I think the the kids have so much more talent than they had when we played. Um, I think, like you know, I think there was talented players when we played, but I think across the board, the talent level has risen, and, and you know, uh, kids are specializing and doing travel all year round, stuff like that. Um, we were two kids that were rec soccer kids, um, two kids that you know were, were all about it. But in, in that, you can't lose. It doesn't matter how good you are. It can't. You can't lose that aspect of just being a grinder. Of, of being like, hey, listen, it's what's the team? It's what's good for the team. It's, um, you know, you might not be the best winger, but if the team needs a winger, you know, uh, that that's what the team needs, and you adjust and become a better soccer player. And and those are the things at the time might not seem fair, um, but those are the things we think back now. And, and tell me if I'm wrong, but we think back to now and are a little bit of a point of pride that like, hey, you know what? We got thrown in whatever we need to. I was able to step up. I can take anything if I can play. You know, left back, not you know, being able to do much with my left and being able to adjust. Hey, I, I can you know get over this assignment, or I can get over this class, or I can do something like that. Well, something that you had mentioned about was recognizing like your your role in it and and having some pride in that and and making you a better soccer player. In being the team's utility player, I kind of took that mentality to other sports that I played, and and a lot of the sports, yeah, they're specialized, but I learned a lot of things wrestling or um, doing lacrosse that I applied into soccer. And what's crazy is I, if I look at from high school all the way, like even to now, I'm just a utility player. I really am good at a lot of things. I am not the best at any one thing. And so that, you know, I, I dabble in like art, there's like music, but like I don't play instruments, you know? Um, I don't, I'm not a painter, but I can paint. Um, I'm not a writer, but I like to write. And so it, it, it influences who you are as like a person and recognizing it's, it's bigger than soccer, but it's really great that soccer highlights that aspect about your personality that can pretty much drive what the rest of your future could turn into if you allow yourself to, be, to open up to that. So to kind of summarize, like what you put in is what you're going to get out. You know, it's going to, it's going oh, to for sure. The whatever you've got, it's going to make that that much better. For sure. And, you know, to kind of go back to what you said about how, how did my role change from freshman to senior year? I think I, in hindsight, I put very little effort into soccer freshman year and I didn't get a lot of playing time and I didn't really learn a lot. And the moment I was like, you know what, I'm going to attend summer sessions. I'm going to attend... Um, you know, this captain's practice. And the more I got involved, the more I really did get out of it. And it wasn't that, oh, the coach sees me and like, I'm, you know, going to be like kissing up or doing that. Like, I genuinely was just getting better, which is what the team needed to do. And so absolutely, the more you put into something, the more you're going to get out of it. And you're going to get out of it so much more down the road, not just in the immediate. And that's the hard thing to sell the kids like, hey, eight years, 10 years, you know, when you're at your friend's wedding, um, you're going to enjoy this, but like, it's, it's hard to sell, but hope, you know, bringing you on and, uh, and you articulate it so well and bring other guys on and hopefully it kind of seeps in, especially to some of our younger guys. So, so, so moving on now, cause we've, we've got eight questions. We were only through two and I knew this. Was <laughs> I, 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 I would have a 45 minute drive, a uh, 45 minute drive home from work. You would leave practice. I would immediately go call you really me. Call me. I'm into the parking lot and go, we stunk today. And then it would be me telling us why we stunk. And then Marquez telling me for the next 40 minutes, you know, changing my, my whole entire viewpoint about what happened. So um, this one probably be a little longer than the other ones. But um, having been coached by or with all three of the program's coaches, you had Lou Raba um, as your head coach. Uh, Sam Palumbo was on staff when you were there. And obviously coaching with me. Um, how has the program evolved over the years and how has every coach's different personality kind of shaped things? And I know you didn't play for Sam, but you know, you can kind of fill in some of the ground. Um, so 
one of the things for me, and just because of like my upbringing, um, my specifically soccer, my soccer coaches um, were like the father figures. You know, I said Lou Rabba was like a father. Pete James, because he was so young, was more like an older brother. And Sam Palumbo was sort of like the crazy uncle. And it worked because that's exactly what it was. But like their passion for the sport really drove through. You know, like a cat was always the thing because Lou and Pete were both goalies, you know. And they would get in the goal and be like, come at me. And he was like, all right, we can do it. But like their passion and their still go for it, like that's what was motivating. Um, I remember that Lou was always just very calm, cool, collected, and would always like, you know, have like his, his um, uh, whiteboard, and he'd be like, these are our goals, and we're going to put a check next to the ones that we're achieving. And he was just very focused, and not to say that he wouldn't explode, but he was very, like, he was in his head. And so that allowed Pete James to kind of be more of like the fiery one, the one with like the, the outward passion kind of thing. Um, and again, like, Palumbo was there at, like, practice. He was kind of was, like, the, the, the senior after they've graduated that has come back because it was more, by the time he got involved, I was on the varsity side. And he was really taking over the JV. So, again, I didn't really get a whole lot with him. But, again, I still saw that same passion um, for the sport and for just that tenacity and, like, we're going to win this. Not like we're trying to win. We are going to win. And so that was just a really unique combination to have with the three of them. And they were very honest with, like, the exit interview about stuff. And it seemed like they weren't honest with, like, yo, you sucked. It was more about, like, this is where you are. And, like, they were honest in a way that they really just saw you as an individual and a person and a player. And probably that order. They didn't look at you as some person on their team. They looked at you as an individual player. And so that... Um, that one-on-one -on -one connection, that meaningful relationship stuck with me to when I was able to coach with you, you know, we had very different personalities and very different approaches to the sport, partially because, A, at the time, I think that, you know, we started working together, our ages were different. And so what I had experienced over the last couple of years has matured me in a way that I'm like, I'm not going to get as, like, heated and bothered by it. But you were. But I think the balance that worked out really well was even even as a player, even as like a senior at our last game, I was not the one who was like, all right, guys, let's go. Like, that just wasn't my personality. And so what I felt when we were coaching, you had that fiery passion to win, and I had the ability to like focus and get it done. And I think like bringing our powers together and that mindset you would say, like, all right, we need to do this, 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 and that. And I'd be like, okay, he wants to do all that. Let's, like, condense it. And I think we really balanced out a lot, especially, like, during games where I would have my clipboard and I would write down, like, oh, this is what's awful, this is what's awful, this is what's awful. And if anything was, like, super major, I would just, like, walk over and be like, this is what's happening. And, like, I would go back because I would see it as a general overview while you were focusing on what was happening, where the ball was happening. And then we would go into halftime and I'd be like, all right, I have three things to say. And I always maxed out at three because, as you can tell, I can keep talking. But it was also because oh, beyond, that, beyond that, beyond that, it was, it was too much to get to in the moment. And what was great was I, and being a head coach, I knew what certain things happened, but that was also my style. And I didn't want to, you know, as an assistant, you're not there to coach. You're there to assist the coach and so i tried to make it where there are things that i didn't agree with that you might have done or the way you went about it but i supported you as an assistant coach because i knew eventually you would get to where you needed to go and i knew that it might have been the delivery was different than mine but that didn't mean that my delivery was right and so it helps me realize everything I think about and say isn't actually always what's right and the only way to do it. So in being an assistant coach, it allowed me to take a step back and form different relationships with both the coaching staff and the players because most of the time the players would come and, like, talk to me about you. Play about me. You yeah. know, but it was great because I knew what you were trying to do, but they didn't necessarily get the message across. 
And so I was able to help sort of deliver that same message, but it wasn't my message. I was more like the messenger. And so that's what I found to be an assistant coach. And then when we actually did a role reversal where you were the assistant coach for lacrosse, and I, was, yeah. oh, and I was the head coach, it was different because I, I didn't feel like, oh, well, you know, he was my head coach. To me, I felt really confident in the sport of lacrosse, but I knew that you put in the research, you put in the time to read coaching books. Um, I, you know, I, I coach in a way as if I was a player coaching, you know, I'm, I'm like an, um, an, a captain that was elected coach versus like, I'm going to try and work towards being a better coach. And I think in being an assistant, you really can learn from your head coach. And I think when our roles were reversed, it allows you time to take a step back and not um, have to feel all the pressures of like head coach. And so I think that's the difference between being a head coach and being an assistant. It's the different pressures that you handle um, and the different tasks that you're, you know, taking on. But it's, it's not just helping the, as an assistant coach, I don't think you're helping just the team. You're also helping the head coach. You're kind of like the liaison between the two. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember those those days. Uh, you know, I said forty five minute drive home, but it ended up you know being an hour and a half drive home because we forty five minutes and the rest of the time in the uh, the driveway with my, car. my girlfriend right. now now wife being like, uh, who are you talking to? And like, yep. it was it, it's Gabe. Um, we're still talking. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it wouldn't be weird to get a text at like eleven yes. because uh, both of our respective people knew who it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that was that was tough early on, you know. Um, again, not to like bring myself into it, but because it relates to your story, is like that was you know I was a volunteer assistant, then an assistant, then all of a sudden it was like Columbo's like I'm done, I'm hanging it up. You're you're in charge now, and I I had to take over this program that in three years had been to three sectional championships and won one, and now we're kind of reloading and figuring things out, and it, it the stress was definitely there, and and being you know 24 years old. Um, looking, you know, that's pre-beard era, uh, you know, early beard era, like looking like a lot of these kids was a very stressful and, and being someone that's very passionate about the sport. And you, you kind of got to deal with people that a team that has people that are passionate as you and people that, you know, are doing it to do it. And, and, and you kind of helped me realize that and it's like, you've got to, I don't know if you said this, but it's kind of been influenced by your, your, your talks and things like that is that you know everyone's kind of out for their own thing everyone's doing it for their own reasons but you have to make the program in their best interest and uh you know i know i was fiery and there was things i was trying to say and i, was, I would take everything very personal and <laughs> I was, it was we're the worst team in the entire world we don't know how to play and every by the end of the the drive or more or less when i got out of the car i definitely um felt a little bit better um about the way we're going but then as an assistant for you um, you know, and assistant to you during lacrosse, not knowing the sport um, that well, and kind of picking up and being like, "Hey, what's this like?" and trying to find the translations to soccer. Um, you know, there is so much less you're worried about as an assistant in terms of like the big picture. Like, right. as a coach, a head coach, you're like, I'm worried about. Yeah, I want to get through this practice, but what about their grades? What about a parent phone call? What about tomorrow? What about the next game? And as an assistant, you have that freedom to be like. I'm going to focus on this practice. And, it, you know, coaching under you was like kind of a relief where it was like, cool, I'm just going to work on this kid, you know, can't, you know, do a split dodge. So we're just going to work on this kid with a split dodge. And if, you know, that's all that gets done today, great. And as a head coach, you're like, that is like the smallest thing on my plate right now. So. Right, right. And, you know, so can I cut there to kind of connect that to what a player might like, well, how does that relate to me? Like, I'm not a coach right now. It's sometimes you you have to kind of take that step back and look at the bigger picture as a player. And you're like, okay, this isn't about me or this obstacle isn't, you know, this obstacle wasn't put in front of me because it's a challenge that, you know, someone's preventing me from doing something. It's, it was made for me to keep going. And that's really hard to look at and, and kind of frame your head in that moment. Because as a teenager, you're just like, Oh my God, what is this? Is You know, but I think the difference between a coaching and playing is playing in high school, you have four years, but coaching, it could be well longer than four years. And so the longevity of these life lessons, you're trying to condense for some of these players in a short amount of time, but 
and it's not impossible, but it's picking and choosing what lessons are important to learn and to, to teach, but also to learn from. Um, and that part's hard. So to kind of like pick on Dane because he's here, he's like, I've never played before. Like you're going to get so many things out of it versus someone like Lucas who's been playing soccer for forever. But, you know, as a coach, you kind of have to take in everything that you're getting and being like, all right, how can I get and how can I achieve the goals of the program, but also achieve the goals of these individual players? And that's really hard. And I think an, an underutilized and a, probably a forgotten thing is that players are also influential to help their teammates achieve their own goals. I think we're so much into it in ourselves. Like, I'm going to be varsity. I'm going to be varsity. Like, I, one of my goals um, during the program was to, one, to run, like, two miles in under 12 minutes. That was my goal of the season. And senior year, I did it. And then that was at the start of the season. And I was like, well, now what? I can already achieve my goal. But now what? So was it readjusting and making a new goal? Or was it helping others achieve their goals? And honestly, I can't remember which I chose. I'd like to think I helped others. But sometimes we forget that we are, we're a player on the soccer team, but we forget that's a team of other people. And I can help them just as much as they're helping me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, um, coaches, coaches by admission a little long winded, but you know, he really puts things into perspective. And, you know, I still have guys that, that talk about wishing that you would come out for the the Marquez Mile and and, uh, and talk to them. Program, <laughs> they were like, I don't know what he talked about, I don't know what he said, but I just felt I don't, I don't even know what it was. But honestly, when I look back at it, like, I think it was the fact that. I took this group of guys and just put them through something together. It, it wasn't about what we said. It wasn't about, you know, the upset that we had. But it was like, great, he's making us run. But we all were running and we were all were doing it together. And that's the part that forges really strong friendships is enduring really tough stuff together. And I think also they enjoyed it because I was going to blow up, and I think you were. Like, <laughs> well, you, you know more than anyone that I can be. I can be a little much, but it, it comes from a, a place of love and passion. So, yeah, they were like, "All right, are we going to run a lot, or are we just going to go around Marquez? And he's going to say some, you know, really inspirational stuff." So, yeah. Yes, every player, you know, still constantly talks about. Can we go on a Marquez mile? I'm like, listen, I can. We can run for ten miles, and I'm not going to be as inspirational as whatever he said. So <laughs> that's that's your legendary impact there from the coach. That's my legacy. That's my legacy. Great. Um, my iPod is going to die, so I'm just going to grab my other headphone really quick. Okay. So for those listening, you know, the Marquez Mile was uh, it was a day of practice where things were just not going well. We weren't clicking well. Um, it just felt like everyone was kind of at that point of the season. You get late in the season, you just kind of get sick of it because you've been six days a week hours a day and you know it happens to everyone it happens to professionals that it's kind of like the season grinds on you and i'm i'm at the point i'm a young coach i'm kind of ready to snap we're just not doing things that need to be done and coach marquez just took them on a run and they had to stay in line and uh, you know we'll never know history history it's lost to history uh what what was said on that but you know the kids came back and were like i don't know what he said but like we are going to do a lot better and and, and we did you're muted, coach. You're muted. There we go. Um, I, yeah, I just remember, you know, it wasn't a, a great line. I was like, just stay as a group and stay behind me. And I don't know if I was running backwards or, you know, what it was, but I just remember saying, wherever I go, you're going to go. So there was no real direction. And I was like, where the hell are they getting back? <laughs> and, and I was just running, and I remember saying things like, we have to refuel, we have to rekindle, we have to re, re, um, re-spark, reignite, like, all this stuff, like, it was pretty bad, but, like, wallow in pity, or, like, do something about it, and that's sort of, like, what it was, was make the choice, what do you want to do, and fortunately, all of them were, like, we're gonna be different, and we're gonna make a change, but it had to come from within, like, this is what Coach and I want, but, like, Coach, uh, Carol had said before, each season is dependent on like the guys that are there, but part of their goal was to be successful. So like we wanted to help them be successful, but they had trouble getting there. 
because they were just like, wow, this is really hard. Should we quit? And I was like, I mean, if you want to quit, that's an option, but I don't think you're going to enjoy it. So why not try? Like, I forget again what it was, but we did it because that's what we knew they wanted and they just needed that little push. And that, that is the difficult part of the team. And just talking again with you, like the different, you know, you're so much more take a step back. I'm so much more, and for better or worse, and probably worse if you ask my wife, um, I'm very much in the moment like disaster, 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 like defeat us. And then I need to like go home, sleep. And the next day I'm like, I'm going to take on the world again. I need to recharge where you're more like, all right, I'm going to put this in a bigger perspective. And I think that was a, a nice dynamic. But then, you know, that's just the two of us. And the coaches are, you know, a part of it, but the players play and the players go out there and do things. And you're trying to put, 20 some odd kids with all different personalities and trying to make that work. And, you know, there is points in the season where it gets, it gets like that, you know, you, you spend, I'm sure um, a lot of people quarantine are, are, are dealing with it right now. You spend so much time with someone, you know, those little things start to, to grind on you and you need that right. kind of reboot. Exactly. exactly. So, all right. You still got three more questions and we're, we're pretty deep into this. So um, we'll move <laughs> on. Um, well, coaching for the soccer program, what do you think was your biggest challenge and your favorite memory, um, you know, we didn't get to go to your high school memory, but I, I, I it's when you shaved your head or you shaved your head, right? And was it so, yeah, the first, head our, yeah, our, head, our head coach said, you know, it was the first time that we made states. And he's like, listen, um, we had uh, soccer lock-ins and our friend, um, his dad was a pastor and owned a church. I don't know if we're like really allowed to like say all this, but we yeah. would have soccer lock-ins and like we had full access to this church and we would just set up like five computers and there would be like land games and every playing 007 on 64 and like we were just all hanging out together it was like pasta parties but also video games we played like manhunt and stuff it was crazy and he said like when he was in school when they made it to states as a team they all shaved their heads but like that's just something that he did if you guys want to do it great and we all did it and that was a moment that we all just did something like together and I remember like buzzing my head. Um, it was crazy. And then we got to our game against Riverside. Not really a fan of Riverside. And I remember we lost that game. And I was like, dang, that stinks. And now I shaved my head. Like it was just like, oh, no, it's separate. But like all of us were in the same boat. And that was a reminder of like, it wasn't just me. It was us. So that was, uh, that was a memory that just like stuck out. I don't know if it was my favorite. I think my favorite would have to be running that two miles in under 12 minutes because that was something i genuinely worked hard for and to know that i achieved it um you know that's something that i remember from palumbo my first mile it was 5 30 and when it was done he's like dude you have to quit lacrosse and run the mile for track and i go i'm not quitting in my senior year he's like dude you have a school record and i was like that's all right um I, I, i remember that two miles being a huge thing because the first time that we had the mile run was 14 miles and I didn't make it. And then 13 miles or I'm sorry. Then it was another 14 miles. That was my sophomore year. Didn't make it junior year. I had the surgery, so I couldn't run it. So I just, to me, that was the thing that I just needed to do. Um, and I did it and it was really cool. Cause I was like, wow, I really can do anything that I put my mind to. Um, now coaching, coaching wise, you know, coaching. so I was like, coaching with me, what was that like? So the the biggest challenge coaching soccer would be like coaching with someone like Coach Carroll. Like, <laughs> but I don't mean it was like a bad challenge. That was but, coming. But it wasn't a, it, but it was a challenge because a lot of the things, and, and I'm sure Coach feels the same way too. A lot of the okay. things that you want to impart on someone to make their life easier they're, they're not going to learn unless they do it themselves. And so there's a lot of things that coaches want to show you as a player and say, hey, listen, under these circumstances, like you're going to want to do it this way, but you're not really going to get it as a player until you fail and realize like, oh, that's what they meant. And so the hardest challenge was coaching with you, but not coaching you and undermining who you were as a head coach, because I've seen it happen. And I knew that you were going to last longer than, with the program than I was. And I just couldn't like cut you off at the knees and like, I just know. So there's a lot of struggles that I had by allowing you to do the things that you were doing. 
um, that might have been different than I would have done. Um, when it came to players, that was hard. It, it, there wasn't any one particular player. I would say it was the whole team because, in my, in my opinion, it was the whole team because they already knew Coach Carroll and mm -hmm. I was this other guy coming in. And it was like, well, who's this random math teacher that like coached lacrosse and like does theater? Like he doesn't know anything about soccer. And like, that was the hard part. And I even have it now at my current school. Some people are like, so what are your credentials as a coach? Like, what do you know? So coming in as someone as like an outsider, even though I wasn't really an outsider, that was a challenge in gaining their trust as a coach and understanding them as a player and as a person. That was definitely a challenge. Yeah, there's a, there a third question. I don't remember it. No, no, that, that, that that's it. Um, oh, your favorite memory? What was your favorite memory while we were coaching together? Um, this is going to sound like really corny. Mm. I don't, I don't have like one particular memory, but when I think about me coaching with you and coaching that like what series of three years i think it was three i don't think it was four it was three it was three those three years like that in itself was just a great memory because i i felt like i got to do the things i like to do as a teacher and as a coach which is connect with students i got to pass along whatever wisdom i learned to you I got to learn things along the way. Um, I met some really great guys and, and helped them sort of, I, I hope I helped them, um, grow and to be like better, young, functional adults um, that were mindful of the things that they said and the people that they were around. Uh, so honestly, like just the whole experience probably was like one great memory because the memories I had was either when I was a player or in other sports. and. I, I haven't coached soccer with anyone else but you, so I I don't have anything else to like compare to. But it would be the worst coach of all time. So, <laughs> but, it, but I think what was pretty cool was it reminded me coaching with you was reminding me of what it was like when I was a player, which was we have to start new. We're starting something new. Not we have to start new. We're starting something new, and we want to make it better. And for me, they only had one year, but it was it was just one year. But we were trying to establish a whole school at the same time of establishing a program. And I think in coaching with you and you becoming a first-year head coach, it was establishing us as the new coaching staff and the new coaching style and the beliefs that we had and where we wanted the program to head to. And so I got re-inspired with, let's make this great and having sort of that newness fuel what it could be. So that's why really like the three years, I mean, there were definitely like not great times where you would like call me at midnight and be like, yeah. So I was thinking, I was like, dude, I'm sleeping. <laughs> but, but, I, no. but I've said this, I probably never said it to you. Uh, so what better time than now? <laughs> I've, I've, oh, said cool. other, <laughs> I've said to other people that your passion for what you're doing re-inspires me to find something that I'm not passionate about. And so for me, I didn't realize it until a couple of years ago, it was just teaching. But, at, you know, at being at New Egypt, you're not just a teacher, you're so much more. And I think that's the part that I was struggling with is like, I was trying to be all these different things, but seeing how driven and how passionate you were for coaching reminded me that I also had that same fire, that same passion. And I just have to find what that is and like go with it. And despite people saying like you're too hot headed or, you know, you really should do it this way or it, it didn't matter because you knew deep down like this was like the end goal, no matter how you got there, whether that was right or wrong, the end goal you knew was worth the fight. And so like that's probably the big takeaway that I have was being reignited as um, a person of passion and for something that I enjoyed doing, whatever that thing was. And, and you know, I, I know I called you a million times at midnight. I know I'm, I'm <laughs> lying about that, but uh, it was like, you know, uh, being that first year coach and, and to kind of go back to a, a couple points you made before is like being that first year coach and having the passion, knowing what I wanted to do. 
you you didn't extinguish it. And I think a lot of people, you know, you you were an older teacher, a more established teacher. Um, and I asked you to come in, you know, I think in the copy room the one day. I was like, you want to coach? And you're like, uh, not really. I'm like, can, can you please coach? I think I, I think I was a little adamant about it. You're like, uh, maybe. I'm like, I just need somebody. I know you played soccer before. Um, and, and I was like, I think a lot of other people may have in that situation been like, all right, you know, he's a young coach. He, he doesn't really know what he's doing and kind of tried to implement their own style. But like, this is the way you should be doing things. And, and the one thing I was always thankful was I knew I was wrong in a lot of things. I was raw in a lot of things, but I knew what I wanted. And you were always there. And the, the thing that I, I, you know, I still to this day drives me nuts. You made it, you created a tick in my own head is why, you know, why are you doing this? I would be, I would be like, we're going to do this, 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 this. And you're like, why? And I'd be like, why? Because I think it's the right thing to do. And you're like, well, why? And I wouldn't have an answer. And then I would have to completely rethink my entire process. So you've definitely changed my way of thinking. That was always something where I was like, you weren't going to change it. You weren't going to be like, hey, don't do this. But you were going to make me refine what I was doing to make it make more sense, not only to myself, but to you and the players. So you know, while we're finding each other on the back there, you know, I do appreciate that. And that's been something that's extended beyond just soccer. So... Speaking of advice, you know, that's the best piece of advice I ever got from you was just why, you know, like it's now annoying to me now, but like, it's <laughs> why do you need to go take this walk? Why do you need to do this? So, but what is the best piece of advice you ever heard or give to any, any coach? You know, maybe it's someone, you know, something, someone told you, um, or maybe it's, um, something you heard. Um, I know, I, I know, I know mine was, you know, it's funny the things you hear as a kid. Yeah. yeah right give you a little time to think about this one, but it's funny the things you hear as a kid that like stick with you, the weird stuff that embarrassing memories. But I remember Palumbo just one time asking us like, what did you do today to make the program better? And, and that's kind of driven me and that like, you know, Hey, if it's watching 10 minutes of film today, you did something that's going to make the program better. If you did, you know, email the kid and talk to them, that's going to make, you know, it's every day just doing some small thing. So what would be the best piece of advice you heard or would give to a coach? Um, that's like really tough. Um, I know one thing you had said about like, you know, certain things stick out from memory. Um, my head coach, Lou Rava was explaining how our, our team at times lacked reckless abandon. And he would talk about reckless abandonment. And we're like, we have no idea what that is. <laughs> and it, it was the point where you just did stuff without caring about what it did to you as an individual. And you just did it. And I remember being like, I'm not going to go chase after that ball, knowing that huge guy is going to come meet me and probably trample me. But he needed us to kind of put our own safety. I don't say safety because that makes him sound like a bad coach. Our own fears about what could happen behind the fear of not doing well or not winning or not getting the ball or you know it was about putting your own fear second to the fear of not succeeding and so that reckless abandonment and just so, sort of going you know up against the wall full throttle and just going not thinking just doing um that's something that always stuck out and you talk to anyone that knows me about anything. If I find something that I find interesting, like I go, like I go and I like dive right in and I go full throttle. So yeah, I see your knitting on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I literally was doing it right now. And to the point now, to the point now where I'm like thinking about designing and actually I was approached by this conference that was like, so do you want to run like a virtual group thing? And I go, what? Why would I do? I literally just started, but it, it was because that passion is what they see and they want to, to spread that passion of whatever it is. So, um, the, it's not really advice. It was more just like play and live with reckless abandonment and in a way of putting your needs or what you felt you had to protect sort of like slightly back behind the greater good. Um, that was just something that stuck out for like my own coaches. The like advice for freshmen, like I was an awful freshman because I just thought it was like a cool club. 
Like I didn't take it for the the hard work that it needed. I didn't really give it the respect that it deserved. Um, and I think again, my situation was unique because we were building the program, but like whether the program is a year old or I don't know what we are now, 20 years old, yeah. you're still building to the program. You're still building as part of the legacy. So why wait until you're a junior on varsity to leave your stamp? If you're a freshman walking in and you don't make varsity, make your stamp as a JV player, make your stamp as, you know, you don't get playing time, make your stamp as like, yo, this kid was lifting all summer. Like it, it's not about the accolades that are, that are presented in front of other people. It's about the accolades that you achieve because that's something that you set out to do. You know, your your character is best seen when no one's looking. And if you're if you're working towards being better, you don't need praise from someone else. It makes you feel good and it's great to be acknowledged. And I think we need that to kind of keep us a little motivated. But if someone doesn't say, Hey, I saw you in the weight room, great job, don't quit at it. You know? It, and just because you hit a speed bump doesn't mean you should quit at something. You know, a sailor doesn't like, oh my God, there's a storm coming along. Let me like change my destination. No, they adjust their course and still hit their destination. So things are going to be tough and you're going to work towards stuff and feel like no one's really looking at it or coach doesn't appreciate that I'm doing this. They see a lot more than you think they do, but they can't give to you right away. And so it, it takes a lot more effort to discover who you truly are and what you can do, but it's so worth putting in the time to be the best self that you can be. That Yeah. Like I think that really summarizes the way I think about, you know, when we talk about soccer, um, I think we've had a lot of guys on that have had success, guys that have gone to Europe, guys that have played a pro, but I think you're a great example of, you know, what this, you know, playing in high school and the things you don't recognize when you're in the moment, um, you know, how much it does influence you and impact you. And, 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 you know, it reveals character and it helps you kind of understand who you are. Um, you know, you're at the time you're like, Oh, I am as a player, but in the end, you know, 10, 15, 20 years on, you're like, this is who I am as a person and, and new Egypt soccer for what a little part, you know, it's played in the grand scheme of my entire life, you know, has been a part of that and a big part of it. If I can say, I distinctly remember my head coach saying his goal as a coach is to instill a love of the game to his players that they would carry it on beyond their time in high school. And I can say without a doubt, he was successful in me because I've become a coach not only for soccer, but for other sports in perpetuating the game. And so to me, that was a success and it didn't influence just me as a person but it helped me realize like I now also can pass on that same enthusiasm for the sport that was given to me. And it's something that trickles down. So, and it doesn't have to be someone who's been kicking the ball since they were born. So like, it doesn't have to be someone like Declan where I saw him kick the ball the other day, you know, but it can be someone, it can be someone that's just starting out their sophomore year and is like, I'm going to try this. And the fact that you're willing to try you're going to get so much more out of it than if you never did anything at all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Th thank you so much for coming on coach. I know it's uh, I know uh, for those listening, it's a, it's uh, a little longer than normal episodes, but it, it's definitely well worth the, uh, the, the time spent. So, you know, coach, that's, is a, taste, that's a taste of Marquez. We got, we, we got almost our own Marquez. Hour. <laughs> so, awesome coach. Thank you for coming on. And uh, you know, we'll see everybody next week. No problem. Thank you.